I want to start with this image tonight, which is, which is uh, a photo of the lobby in the Western Hotel in Sydney. Anyone been to the West End? If you put your hand up, makes you get a bit of cash. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice hotel in Sydney, which I worked in uh, back in 90, I think it was 99, 2000, around there for a few years, 18 months. Uh, it just opened up, actually, it was rebuilt. A very beautiful hotel. Now, I offer that picture of the lobby for a reason, obviously. And my reason is this. Because I think that often our, our, we can understand our life, especially as people of faith, we can see life as kind of like being in a lobby. Right now, what do I mean by this? Well, what's the purpose of a lobby? A lobby is like a place of transition, isn't it? You go into the lobby in order to go to the banqueting area, the buffet, the banquet, the really important function room, uh, the restaurant, or perhaps to go to your room. As lovely as lobbies are, we don't go just to sit in the lobby. Or oh, I don't know. I don't know if here. <laughs> this is a beautiful lobby, right? But but at best, in the lobby, you might get a nice kind of cushion, a nice seat. You might get some pre-dinner drinks or something, but but really, it's not the full kind of promise, right? It seems to me that we too can have this kind of understanding of life, that we're kind of in this place of transition, right? That uh, our life here on Earth is just waiting for, for what's to come, the next room, the buffet, the banquet, the, 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 the accommodation, the restaurant, right? This is just the place where we kind of, at best, we might get some kind of brief pre-dinner drinks, you know, we might get something, get a service, a nice cushion, but, but, but not too much more. It seems to me that the Gospel says something very, very different. That actually, this is a place of transition, that's true. That the fullness of living well is yet to come, right? We're yet to experience that and we cannot even imagine what that would be like. We've got no idea, really, no concept. We just know that it will be good, right? So it's true, we are in a place of transition, but this is not just a place of transition, right? The promise is not in just in the places in the rooms to come. There's something of that promise of the gospel that we can start to live and experience now in our day-to-day lives. The problem when we start to see life through this lens is that it distorts our understanding of how God interacts and engages with the world and with us. Because if we see life as a lobby, what we start to see is a God who is kind of always in the next room. You know, he's in the he's downstairs in the function room. You know, and one day I'll get to him. You know, he's in the restaurant. I can't wait to that day when I finally you know, sit down and ask God all my questions. <laughs> But God's kind of always out there. He's, 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 kind of, he's kind of never here. And this helps us to understand something of Paul's anguish today in the second reading. right? And, and I don't say anguish lightly. What I want to say is this. This is Paul. My sorrow is so great. My mental anguish is endless. I would willingly be condemned and cut off from Christ if it would help my brothers. He's talking about his fellow Jews, his, his fellow people, right? The 
the people that were adopted as sons, that were given the glory of the covenants, the law and the ritual that was drawn up for them, the promises were made to them. Well, if that's true, why has Paul got such great anguish? Because his fellow people are living like they're in the lobby. They're living as if God's out there somewhere, and God will only come to them if, if they do all the right things, right? Sometimes we can be like that too, huh? We think, oh, we've got that idea we're in the lobby. It's like, if I beg God hard enough to come and help me in this situation, he might come up from the banquet room, you know. If I'm good enough, he might come from the restaurant to meet me for a little bit. But he's, he's not, you know, he's not really here with me right now, as I am. It seems to me that when we read the God, when we look at the Bible as a whole, one of the main missions of God was to help his people to help you and to help me to realise that he is a God who is not distant. God is not distant. Time and time again throughout the Old Testament, he comes to his people, he says, although you've forgotten me, although you can't see me before you, although you've done everything you shouldn't do and now you've wandered so far away from me, I am here. I'm here. I'm back. I'm here. That's pretty much the Old Testament summarised. Don't worry about reading it. That's it, right? <laughs> read it, read it. <laughs> that leads us to the New Testament. Where God says, I so want you to know that I'm with you, that I'm going to become one of you. Emmanuel. God with us. Why was God, why is God so consistent that we know that He is a God who is with us? Why is it so important to Him? Why, is he, why did He go to so much effort? Jesus says, If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus helps us to understand what's going on, huh? That God knows that it's so critical that we're aware of His presence because unless we know His presence, unless we're connected to Him, unless we're, we're, we're drawn into this everyday um, relationship, this understanding of God in our midst, then we can't live well. Unless you're connected to me, you can't live well. That's basically what Jesus is saying here. But when you are connected to me, Life doesn't just become like a lobby with a few extra favours here and there, like, oh, I got the banquet for five seconds, you know, or I, I got to stay in the room overnight. But what actually happens is, when we start to experience the, the presence of God in our day-to-day lives, is that we start to realise that, oh my gosh, life is more. I'm meant to live more than the lobby. Right now, I'm meant for much more than the lobby. We pray this every day, I suppose we pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And this is part of what we pray. Let's pray, let's pray together. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. What is God's will? That's a question I guess we often ask. Well, what do you want from me? Well, let's say in the general in the general sense, God's will is for us to live well. 
and not to live well in the future, but to start to live well now. To start to know that we are good now. To start to know our value now. To start to know that we have a purpose and meaning in this life now. To start to flourish and bear fruit now. To, to experience hope and joy and peace now. We're not meant just to stay in the lobby, right? This is kind of like a glorified lobby. It is a transition room, right? It's a, it's a place of transition. But it's so much more than that. And until we, 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 open, we, we recognise that in, in our day-to-day lives of faith, then really we're going to fall so far short of what it is that, that God has made available to us. That's what I think would, would disturb God the most. You know that anguish that Paul experienced? That's the anguish of God when we fall short of what he's made available to us. It seems to me that what Jesus is, is revealing to us over and over again as he engages with his disciples is this, that the only way that we can start to experience heaven on earth now is by becoming aware of his presence. Because heaven is what? It's God. To be in heaven is to be in God's presence. So as we start to experience and be connected in and see and appreciate and savour God's presence now, what are we doing? We're actually starting to build a bridge between heaven and earth, right? We're getting out of the lobby. We're going to explore the rest of the hotel. Here's, and here's something even better. And this is something that people of faith throughout all of history have, have, have witnessed us over and over again. That we can be going through the most difficult of storms and trials in our lives. Right? We can be going through unimaginable trials, yet still be able to taste something of heaven. Now, how is that possible? It's possible because we know the presence, we're connected to the one who is bigger than any kind of trial or struggle or temptation that we may be experiencing in our day-to-day lives. This is where faith really starts to concretely uh, shape our day-to-day lives. When we we notice and we're able to to savour the the presence of God, it enables us to rise above our circumstances and to see life from a whole different level, to live in a whole different realm. Push you out of the lobby. Start to experience something of that heaven on earth. Now, if this is true, then it follows that the main role for us in the spiritual life is to learn how to notice God. Right? If, if noticing God's presence is what really helps us experience heaven on earth, then we need to learn how it is that we can tune in to God's presence in our day-to-day lives. And we've been talking about that over the past few weeks. Last time we had that story of the transfiguration and that was quite obviously one of those bang kind of moments. You know, sometimes God rocks up like that in our lives. Like, wow, God, that's amazing, you know. But as Father Lennon, I think, shared last week, more often than not, God's very subtle. He does come to us. He comes to us in a thousand million different ways. But often it's very subtle. Just like in that first reading today, God wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the what makes it, the, storm, the fire. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the 
breeze, that gentle breeze, that subtle breeze. So the challenge for us in our day-to-day life is not to strive to be perfect and, I don't know, be these saints, be like St. Francis or be like whoever. Our job in our day-to-day life, faith, is just to say, God, help me to to see you today. Help me to notice you. Help me to um, be in tune with you in all the many subtle ways that you are, that you will be today. I was, I was cleaning my room yesterday and I came across this little note from um, my, one of my nephews, Oliver. This is a few years ago when I was with Angel last year. But here we go. Dear Uncle Dan, I really look forward to you being a priest. I hope you have fun being a priest. You are a good priest. <laughs> I, wish you good, I wish you good luck. When you're there, be sensible when you're there. <laughs> Is that the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Or is it most of biased? I mean, must have been about six when he wrote this. But, I mean, I could easily benefit from that and, and enjoy that when I receive it. But there's something much more going on in that, isn't there? Is that not God? I mean, where else does such beauty and innocence come from? My sister and brother-in-law, they're like me, they're flawed human beings, you know. But yet they've got this child who would find something so beautiful, it's so touching, it's so pure. Just one of a thousand ways that God shows up in our day-to-day life, huh? Our job is to notice it and not to let them pass. I want to finish with Peter. I love Peter. He's so human. He's so real. So weak and all that. It's not me. And uh, it's inevitable that once, the more that we start to experience God in our day-to-day lives and notice Him, it's inevitable that, that part of that connection with God will be an invitation. An invitation to respond. Right? And this is this is something that, this is part of that journey of living well. It seems to me that although when we step out and it can be scary and it can, sometimes you feel like we're sinking, we need to make this response because it's in this responding that God does something in us where we, we grow in this awareness of His goodness, of His presence, of His faithfulness to us. And we, we're able to, to, to offer ourselves to Him more fully more completely. Allow him to be our God, the one who leads us in the path of living well. I've got, a, I've got a picture similar to this in my room. I've had it up for over 10 years. And for me, that Peter there, that's such a position of strength. He might look like he might be his drowning. But he stepped out. Right? He's responded. And it was irrational for him to respond. But God does that to us, doesn't he? When we start to experience him, we, we can't help but want to just say, yes, okay, I'm going to do something silly here. I'm going to so he, he made that act of courage and he's stepping towards God. He's stepping towards the promise. He's stepping out of the lobby, right? But at the same time, he's thinking. He's in this place of, of real vulnerability. It seems to me that's such a position of strength because at one level, he's exercising his courage. He's stepping out, yet he's vulnerable. He knows his need for God, right? Isn't that a beautiful tension to be in? That we, we, we use our capacity, we are brave, we step out, but we realise all the time that I'm weak and I can sink. In fact, I'm sinking right now. Lord, I need you every minute of the day. 
So that's that's the challenge for us, huh? is to notice God in our day-to-day lives, to make every effort we can. But then when we, we notice God <coughs> inviting us to respond, to take that step that we, we do, we, we make that leap. And uh, Sebastian and Valerie uh, and godparents and, and really all of us, but especially uh, you guys, I mean, that's those first two steps are in, in many ways that's that's your role in raising um, Grace, you know. He's, 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 he really wants her to live well and help her to, to notice God present in her life, you know, in all the subtle ways, you know, and, and to help her to, to start to understand, well, what might God be saying to you through that? You know? How might be God at work in your life? And then it's up to her one day, make that third response, to start to respond and say, okay, I've seen God at work in my life now, I feel him making a response to this, and, and hopefully it won't be her saying, I want to go to the mission to Africa for 10 years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will, I don't know. I hope as a community, and I pray as a community, that we too would, would, um, would play a role in this approach, that we would be uh, a witness to her of the closeness of God, and 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 that we would also not allow her to settle for being in the lobby or comfortable and kind of expect little, but that we would be witnesses of people who are really embracing the fullness of the gospel message and, and allowing it to and, and allowing it to help us to live well, to live well, gospel well.